0: Well, every Christmas, I sit down and I ponder, what can we talk about this Christmas that was different to last Christmas? But I was reminded, this Jesus that we serve, the Son of God became the Son of Man so that sons of men could become sons of God. That's the story. That's the story right there. Jesus, the Son of God, chose he didn't come as this princely king. He came as a lowly servant, a son of man, to identify with us, to walk with us. The word became flesh so that he could carry our temptations. He knows what it's like. Carry our brokenness, our frailty, and going to the cross as the son of man so that us, son of Men, could become united to his father and become sons of the one true God. I want to read to you once again the scripture I read at the opening. Maybe follow on the screen as I read these amazing words. 700 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah boldly proclaimed to us, a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. That's one of my favorite scriptures. Maybe you're not supposed to have favorites, but I've got a whole bunch of favorite scriptures. And this is one of them. It says, the government and peace of Christ. Do you know if you want peace to grow in your life? Guess what else has to grow? His government. You see, the two are together. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And that's why for so many of us here who are part of Outlook Church, you know our focus is on Jesus. Our love is for Jesus. And the more we let His government grow, the more He's allowed to be Lord of our lives, the more His peace reigns inside of us. And many of you here seated this morning need the peace of God. Whoops, there we go. You've lived lives that might be full of stress, pain, heartache. You need God's supernatural peace. Well, here's the key. When his government grows, his peace grows. The more we humble ourselves and humble ourselves under his government, allowing Jesus to be Lord, the result is peace. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And so I want to talk this morning And as I've been pondering what to preach about at Christmas, I was reminded of this amazing scripture that Paul, the great apostle who wrote so much of the New Testament, he wrote to his young apprentice, Timothy. Timothy was leading a church. Timothy was busy doing Christian stuff. He was a leader. He was uh, busy doing church work and all of these things. And it seems like a strange thing for Paul to say to Timothy, who was doing all this Christian stuff. He said, Timothy, remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. My title this morning is simply this Remember Jesus. You see, in the midst of all that we face, our busyness, our religiousness, our Christmas celebrations, remember Jesus. It comes from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. And he says, Remember Jesus Christ. And I want to remind some of you who might think that Christ is a surname, it's not. He it is not Mr. Christ, he is Jesus the Christ. The word Christ means Messiah, the anointed one, the solution from God, the one come to save the world. This Jesus, remember Jesus is the Christ raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel. I love that. He summed it up in two lines. This is my gospel. This Jesus raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel for which I'm suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect so that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. I want to challenge you this morning to remember Jesus. Now, if you're part of Outlook Church, you'll know that's our vision statement right there. Jesus, we, we're not a complicated church. We like to keep it simple. And our vision is one word, Jesus. Jesus. He's our focus. He's our example. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. He's our Shepherd. He's our everything. It's all about Jesus. And I want to challenge you this morning. Is your life all about Jesus? Why? And and Paul gives two reasons. When he says, this is my gospel. Jesus raised from the dead, descended from David. Why why is that his gospel? When it says that Jesus was raised from the dead, it gives us the heart of the good news. It means that Jesus was completely sinless. You know how God is just? And the Bible's very clear, wages of sin is death. There's no way God could have raised Jesus from the dead if he wasn't completely innocent. The fact that he's raised from the dead means Jesus overcame sin. He never sinned. So sin had no hold on him, so God could raise him up. It meant that death's power was broken. It meant that we who united with Christ in His death get to be reunited with Him in His resurrection as well. It means that Satan's power, do you know the power that Satan has over the world? If he can get you to sin, he's got you because the wages of sin is death. And death means separation from God. So if he can get you to sin, he can get you separated from God. He has you in His power. But Jesus broke that. I'll give you an example. If, if we lived in Old Testament times... And you sinned. You know what happens? You have to go out the camp, out the city. All those who are unclean have to be away, out of the city, because you're unclean, away from the temple, away from God's presence, outside. When Adam and Eve sinned, remember what happened to them in the garden? Outside, away from God's presence, away from the tree of life. When Jesus was crucified, outside, out of the city, carry your cross, away from the temple, away from God's presence. Why? Wow. He went outside so that we could come inside. You see, in the old covenant, if you sinned, you were separated from God. New covenant, Jesus says, no, no, no. You know what you do when you sin? You don't go from God. You go running straight to your Father. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 4 verse 16, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Some of you need to hear that this morning. You've been running your whole life, thinking you're unworthy, that God's angry with you, that you've got no right to be in God's presence, and you've just written yourself off because you've messed up and you've messed up big. I want to remind you, Jesus was crucified outside the city so that we could have access into the city of God. Not just into the city, into the very throne room of God. That's the beauty. Someone once said this. If you're going to be trusting, if you're going to choose someone to trust for your eternal salvation, rather trust someone who's living than who's dead. If you're going to trust someone with your eternal salvation, trust someone living and not dead. You see, every other religion, their religious leader is dead. Jesus is alive. Amen. That's why we love him. Raised from the dead. And then it says this Jesus descended from David. David was the greatest king. You remember stories of David and Goliath. He slayed the giant. David, who was the greatest king, the supreme nation at the time, under his rule, Israel was in command. And God gave this amazing promise to David, David, forever there will be one of your descendants on the throne. And so Israel, who was now defeated and conquered, were crying out, God, you said one day a descendant is coming. And they were expecting this Messiah to come with trumpets. They were expecting this Messiah to be born with pomp and ceremony in a palace. And Jesus was born in a manger. And yet Jesus' bloodline is traced back to David. See, Jesus came as this humble servant. They didn't recognize him, but he came as a descendant of David, which means he's the rightful ruler to the throne. Now, if you put these two things together, raised from the dead means he has all authority over all spiritual powers, over sin, sickness, death, Satan, Jesus has authority. Descendant of David means he has all authority on earth. Descended from the greatest king, he carries the kingly rule. All authority in heaven, all authority on earth. Do you know what the gospel is? The good news is there's a new king. And this king can become king of your life. And if you're willing, by faith, to surrender your heart to the kingship of Jesus, inviting Jesus Christ to be Lord, His authority goes to work in your life. And the one who has all authority of every demonic power, every principality over death, sickness, sin, Satan, that king begins to rule in your life. No wonder we can expect breakthrough and deliverance, and healing, freedom from addiction, freedom from our past, freedom from fear, because the king of kings is now our king. This is the good news of the gospel. And so, I want to challenge you just this morning with remembering Jesus. And there's four areas I want to challenge you with. I want to challenge you to remember Jesus in your good times. Now that might sound a bit strange, but in fact the most dangerous times are often the good times. Now I know many of you have had a tough year, but some of you have actually had a great year. Some of you have done well financially, family's doing well, business is doing well, health is doing well. And I want to challenge you in the good times to be one of those who remembers Jesus. It's an interesting example. When, when Moses was about to commission Joshua, they were going to go into the promised land, the land of milk and honey, a land that's thriving and teeming with fruitfulness, and God's giving them cities you never built an inheritance you didn't earn. I'm giving you the blessing of God. He says, but in Deuteronomy 8, verses 17, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Please don't forget Jesus in the good times. Remember when Jesus was uh, approached by 10 lepers, They came to him desperate because they were struggling. Heal us, Lord. They remembered him when they were suffering. And he said, you healed. And 10 lepers were healed. And how many of them remember Jesus in the good times? Only one. Only one out of 10. Only 10% remember Jesus in the good times. Because now that it's good, we don't need a savior. Now that it's good, we don't need God. Now that it's good, we've got this. I'll do my own thing. Remember Jesus In the good times. I find myself, sad confession, that grumbling comes easier than gratitude. Anyone else like that? My natural default, leaning more towards a grumbler than a gratitude. Oh Lord, deliver us. Deliver me, Lord. Help me to be someone who remembers Jesus in the good times. For the blessings and the favor and the goodness. Remember him in your good times. But then secondly, remember Jesus in the bad times. Now, some of you might have heard a gospel that when you come to Christ, your problems disappear. You are allowed to. I'm sorry. Whoever preached that to you, that is not the gospel of the Bible. In fact, the one we worship and adore, Jesus, suffered to the point of death. And Jesus said, take up your cross daily. The gospel is a gospel of trusting him enough through the suffering because there's resurrection, life and power on the other side. But people can respond to suffering and difficult times in two ways. Either it can pull you closer to God or you'll run away from God. And sadly what happens is is so many people blame God in the times of hardship. Blame God for their suffering. Blame God for the hardships. And instead of going to God for His grace and mercy, they run from God. I want to challenge you to remember Jesus in your hard times. One of the greatest examples for me is King David once again. David as king had many hardships. They didn't start when he was king. He had hardships right the way through from brothers who turned against him, from a dad who didn't even recognize him as a son. He faced a giant. He was on the run in the desert for years. As king, he had army after army against him. He had political enemies against him. He had a son who rebelled and tried to steal the kingdom. David had hard times, but... The one thing he did well, he always ran to God. He always remembered the Lord in his hard times. He didn't get angry with God and bitter and go from God. He went to God. In 1 Samuel 30, verses 6 to 8, it says, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him, each one bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiath the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. Abiath brought it to him. And David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake him? Pursue them, he answered. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. You know what I love about David? Is when the going got tough, in the hard times he remembered the Lord. He went to God in prayer saying, what do I do, Lord? What do I do, Lord? I need your strength. I need your grace. Let's remember him in the good times. Let's remember him in the hard times. Thirdly, remember Jesus in the now times. You get different types of Christians, and and we've got a whole spectrum of them here today. You get those once a year Christians... And if you're one of those, welcome this morning. It's great to have you. Christmas time, maybe Easter, if you're feeling radical. It's like kind of a a twice a year type, yep, let me do that Christian thing. Welcome to you. You get those kind of uh, country member, once a month type Christians who are fully, that's my church, and I'm there at least, well, maybe every second month, I'm there. You get those people who are the weekly type Christians. It's a Sunday, which means I'm in church, and may the Lord bless you. You get some who are, are morning, evening, and sometimes at grace Christians because that's when we read the Bible and pray and remember the Lord. But then you get a different breed of Jesus follower. You get someone who's an now Christian. They've discovered the greatest joy of learning to walk with the Lord now. This is one of the hugest transitions that can take place in someone's life is when you learn to remember Jesus now. Not just at mealtime when you say grace, not just morning prayer or at a church service, but moment by moment, learning to walk with God. It's the greatest secret to fruitfulness, the greatest secret to joy, the greatest secret to the abundant life. Jesus said it like this to his disciples in John 15. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. There it is. Remembering Jesus now makes your life fruitful, effective and significant. Later he said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done to you. Wow secret of power right there. Power in prayer right there. Just remember Jesus as you remain in him. Ask whatever you wish. Then he said, I've told you these things so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. The beautiful secret of a victorious Christian life is learning to remember Jesus now. Not just in a church building. But in a factory, at your school, at your place of work, in the harbor, on the ship, while you're fishing, doing whatever. Remember Jesus in the now. I've discovered in my own life, sadly, how the the busyness of doing Jesus' stuff sometimes makes me forget about Jesus himself. And I've also discovered that when I walk with the Lord, remembering Jesus now, it produces great fruitfulness. And lastly... Remember Jesus, not just in the good times, not just in the bad times, not just now, but I want to encourage you to remember Jesus for future generations' sake. I'm convinced that I'm a pastor today, that the Lord called me, that I gave my life to Jesus as a Christ follower. I'm convinced that took place. Because my great-grandparents came as missionaries to Africa at the turn of the century. No, turn of the previous century. 1903, I think it was. Somehow, they, serving God, put something into the bloodline which seemed to affect us now. I'm convinced that when it says the gospel, when Peter preached and he says, Repent and and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the promise, the gift of the Father. This is for you and for your family. Something happens when the gospel gets into a family line. I'm convinced that God's blessings are for a thousand generations. Some of you think you're amazing and that your business prospers because you're so clever. Well maybe, but chances are you'll see in your bloodline the favor of God has been there. It's not just you, it's the goodness of God from generations past have released blessing into your bloodline. Now I want to encourage you, you can do the same For those coming after you, parents, we can fight battles now and win in Jesus' name so that our children can walk in greater blessing. Grandparents, you've got a job to do. Don't retire. Let's trust the Lord to release into our bloodline the favor and blessing of God for generations to come. In Joshua 24, verse 15. It says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates, or the gods of the Ammonites in whose land you're living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We can remember Jesus through our prayers for our family. We can remember Jesus through our examples of godly living. We can remember Jesus through our stories and testimonies imparted to the next generation. Don't just think about you and your life. Let's remember Jesus for generations to come. And so I want to leave you with this challenge. This Christmas, let's remember Jesus. And we're going to live busy lives, and 2023 is going to be a busy year. Imagine if we would all remember Jesus. Remember, Jesus, when the going is good, all gratitude. Let gratitude flow from our hearts. Thank you, Lord. When going gets tough, and it will be tough, let's remember Jesus. Not allow ourselves to drift from him, but to come back to a place of strength and victory. Let's remember Jesus now. Not being those kind of Old Testament time and place, we go to the temple and worship. No, no, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let's worship now. In our work environment, wherever we are, let's worship and let's remember Jesus for future generations. 2 Timothy 2, 8-10, remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel for which I'm suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. See, Paul discovered something. This message of the king, this message that he's king of kings and Lord of lords, it so impacted his life, It so radically transformed him that he was willing to surrender his own life for it. And in fact, he did. I want to ask you, has this message of the good news of Jesus found its way into your heart so that you're not just willing to live for him, but willing to die for him? Let's remember Jesus. Can you say amen to that? Why don't you stand with me, please? If you don't mind closing your eyes for a moment, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord God, that out of your amazing love for us, you sent Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You carried our sin. You carried our brokenness. You were misunderstood. You were ignored. You were ridiculed. But Jesus, you overcame. And my prayer this morning, Lord God, is that each one of us we truly remember Jesus. Friends, I want you to take a moment right now, just in the quietness of your heart, and I want to ask you this question. Is the King of kings and the Lord of lords King of kings of your heart? See, there's only one throne in your heart, and there's only space for one. So either Jesus will be seated on the throne of your life, or you Will still be seated on the throne of your life. Either you're still in control, it's me, my world, I'm the captain of my destiny, or you've had the faith to turn, to repent, to say, I don't wanna live ruled by sin anymore, I want Jesus to be ruler of my heart. And friends, I wanna encourage you, if you've never made that decision to put Jesus first, never made that decision to bow your knee in humility to the King of kings and Lord of lords, then what a day. Christmas Day 2022, what a day to put your faith in Jesus. The Bible says all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And right now where you are, you can pray a simple prayer. You can literally cry out to God and say, Lord, I want you to be my Lord. Jesus, I want you to be my King. Jesus, I want to turn. I don't want to, I don't want to try and control my own destiny and trust for my own salvation. I want to trust you. Would you come and be Lord and Savior of my life? And Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your incredible goodness and grace. Thank you for friends and family. Thank you for this Christmas celebration. And help us by the power of your Holy Spirit to keep remembering Jesus. God's people say...